0: No, your computer is not fucking with you. iTunes or whatever you're using is working perfectly fine. Yes, your computer is actually downloading a cast pod or pod-ass cast pod-ass podcast from trannyrec.com.
1: This is a song for a crazy crazy tranny. This is a song a crazy crazy tranny song. This is a song for a crazy crazy tranny. Hey Rebecca, hey Rebecca, hey Rebecca, hey. 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 Hey Rebecca, hey Rebecca, hey Rebecca,
2: hey. Big finish.
1: Podcasting. Dreaming.
0: and masturbating
1: <laughs> from Portland, Oregon,
2: Tranny Wreck Radio.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Rebecca Nay, and you are listening to Tranny Wreck Radio. Today is Sunday, December 7th, 2008. It is a day that'll live in infamy because, well, I'm podcasting for the first time in 100 billion years. Today... I'm not doing a pure audio blog. I am doing well. I'm still unemployed. That's the short version of how I'm doing. Um, I'm not going to play any voicemails because I've got a very special discussion that I want to share with you today. The passage of Proposition 8 in California exposed a lot of issues regarding homophobia in the black community and racism in the gay community. A week ago, I had a discussion with a couple of friends at CABU one of them is a good friend and longtime listener of this program. The discussion is likely to offend some of you. I will tell you that up front. But if it does, if the shoe fits, I would encourage you to look inward and ask yourself why. Then you can shoot me an email at, at com and tell me to go fuck myself. And I'm here today with Jamila, who is a board member on KBOO. Do you want to tell the listeners about what you do here at KBOO oh, and who you are? Okay.
1: okay. Um, I am on the board, as Rebecca said. I am also on the programming committee. I do a show Thursday evenings, 8 to 10 p.m., guess who's coming to radio. Uh, the show addresses the issues, socio-political and otherwise, of Descendants of African people in this country, so that's the focus of the show, and it plays uh, music from the same folks. So that's you know, and the goal is always to be positive. If you know negative things happen, the goal is to always bring it back to something proactive. So that's the goal of the show.
0: I guess I can live with that, even though negativity is just the best. No, Uh, (laughs) and Ah. my friend, a swad. What we're talking about today is uh, discussing the issues of homophobia in the black community and racism in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, mostly gay-white community, because <laughs> that's unfortunately the bulk of the gay community. And we can talk about, you know, uh, so I guess let's, let's start with this. Um, Aswad, mm. do you consider yourself to
2: be gay That's a good question, because the when I was in California, living in West Hollywood, that was another argument. Were you black first or were you gay first? Mm. And I found that ridiculous, first of all, Mm -hmm. and offensive. Even when I lived in San Francisco for a number of years, when Willie Brown was running running to be reelected, Tom Amiano, who's a gay council member in San Francisco, ran against him. And if I was in the Tenderloin, which was primarily black... I was told to vote for Willie Brown because he's black. You take the trolley car straight up into the Castro, and I'm told to vote for Tom Amayano because he's gay. Neither community asked me who I was voting for. They told me who to vote for based on where I was on Market Street at any given point in the day.
1: Hmm.
2: So what I'm coming to is gay is the easiest term to use because that's what we've all been raised with. I actually, I just kind of consider myself a homosexual because I don't really participate in a lot of gay stuff. Um, as far as political marching, um, I haven't even read a gay newspaper except for the gay pr- for the Prop Eight situation. That's the most g- reading of a gay newspaper I've done um, because I don't want to get into all that Afrocentric stuff that I kind of in delved, in delved into that I must date a black man and I must wear kente cloth out my ass every day and all this other stuff because I tried that. And the funny thing about that is all I got called was an African faggot
1: hmm.
2: by black people. And then they all wanted free free African outfits.
1: Oh, that's lovely.
2: All of a sudden I was, bro, can you make me a free outfit? Hmm. So, But when I took it off, then I just went back to being a faggot.
1: Interesting. That's actually a question I was um, talking to my sister in terms of the identification issue and identity politics, because there's the whole idea that, you know, you sleep with someone of the same sex, you are gay. But what about someone who identifies as homosexual, but, uh, you know, may choose not to sleep with anyone? Where where does that person fit in? Hmm. You know, and it's the perception that, when you're heterosexual, you don't have to sleep with anyone. Hmm. And, you know, everyone's just born straight and whatever. But then, you know, the second you sleep with someone of the same sex, that you're gay, where does the person who is celibate that identifies as homosexual, you know, where does this person fit in? And so I was talking to my sister about that, and she said, oh, I didn't think about that. And I, I don't know how many people think about that, because what about, you know, the heterosexual person who chooses to be abstinent or something like that, they're still heterosexual. No, they're it's... called
2: Republicans.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's an interesting point you
0: bring up because whenever you hear the term gay, a lot of people's minds automatically go to one particular sexual act, mm-hmm. even though there's a whole host of acts that you can do regardless of your orientation. Yes. Um, one particular act, and it's between two men. Mm-hmm. You know, women don't count. Women don't Come count. on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you know, it, it's it's interesting when you talk about uh, being gay or homo- or being homosexual in the context of being celibate, because you know that's when religions go uh okay maybe we have to like accept this person see coming from a mormon background and we're going to talk about the mormons Uh-oh. tonight if we're going to talk if we're going to well gonna that's talk- in
1: relation to prop 8 yeah yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Mm. If we're, if
0: we're going to talk about prop 8 and the whole controversy surrounding surrounding it we we can't ignore the mormons coming from a mormon background that's what that's where the mormon church is kind of is right now is like you know, if you're homosexual, and you're not acting on it. I guess you can be you know, we suppose that you can be a good outstanding Mormon and have all the other privileges that Mormons enjoy. Gee, thanks. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm right on that. Let me tell you. Uh, you know, as long as you don't act on you know, but then then it goes into well, uh, a heterosexual couple that's married. You know they can have sex. You know why can't a homosexual couple that is married or in a long term relationship? Mm-hmm. So, you know that's where the whole you know we are tolerant of gay people argument that the Mormon Church tries to make breaks down
2: as long as they're celibate and miserable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right.
0: That's 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 the most important yeah. part. So, I, I think this this idea that uh, first of all, I, I think we all agree here that you're um, you're. Identity or your orientation is not necessarily defined by your sexual acts. It's, mm-hmm. it's defined by how you feel inside, uh, who you're attracted to. And so I think that's maybe a good base definition of, uh, mm. uh, of of sexual orientation. What's your perception of how being gay is perceived in black culture versus society's long? I'm sorry, how long is this program? Long? Uh,
2: Twelve hours. All right, really, really quickly. <laughs> Negatively. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason I live in Portland. Mm -hmm. Mm. There's a reason I live in the neighborhood I live in. There's a reason I had Thanksgiving dinner with my really, really cool neighbors, as opposed to any of my ridiculous family members. And it's that I am invisible in the room to the effect that I spent 15 years, as I was saying, in California— I've shaken the hand of Michael Jackson, Jesse Jackson. Oh my God.
1: You met Michael Jackson. You don't understand. You don't. Okay, come on.
2: All righty.
0: <laughs> now, we okay. need a camera for this moment.
2: Put that away.
0: <laughs> Jamila just brought out a Michael Jackson doll. <laughs> and, and a swad
2: was suitably horrified. <laughs> we must talk. Anyway, go Anyway. Go on. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> that was priceless. That was good. That was priceless. That's that that was good. good. I totally came out of left field. Um, I met some amazing people. I yep. met some amazing people. I, li- I worked in, I worked on Santa, I lived on Santa Monica Boulevard and worked for a number of years in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I saw Oscar winners at the grocery store. Right but when i moved back for a time to the east coast and was around my mother's relatives all they asked me was was it is it really sunny like that in california hmm. they didn't ask about my life they didn't ask who i met they didn't ask about the work i'd done um, they didn't ask me anything because i for the fear that i might say something gay um. that i might say oh well, i met this guy and i met that guy and you know, And then when we got in the car on the way back, and it was Christmas time, so this time about now, um, we're driving back. And she said, well, what did you expect them to do? Ask them if you had a lover. And I'm like, that's a bad thing. Wow. Big part of a person's life if they mm-hmm. got a, somebody they're, they're with, you really? know. But really, all they, uh, and then I call, and, I, and in the black context, I call it the hairdresser syndrome. Because if you're an open, and I, these are, this is my personal terminology, an open, honest gay man, open, honest homosexual, as a juxtaposed to the down low, where he's got three girlfriends, he's got a wife and three girlfriends and two boyfriends mm-hmm. and scant knowledge of condoms for some mysterious reason. So they would rather me be a liar and have a wife or two, three girlfriends and have sex with them and the three guys behind the basketball court. They would rather I lie than tell the truth. Kind of like the military.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jamila, before you uh, respond to what he has to say, I was just like, wondering if you'd be willing to share just kind of your perspective. I don't know you well enough to know, like, where your where your perspective is on the whole sexual orientation issue and how you personally identify and what you, whether you want to share that or not because it might be relevant to the discussion. Oh.
1: Well, my perception, as we were saying, I think, um, and I want to sort of continue on that. I think that the thing about orientation, mm-hmm. I think that's a natural thing that the sexuality part. I don't think is natural in turn, and that whatever spectrum it is, heterosexual, homosexual, because those are sets of behaviors as opposed to, you know, what you identify as. Mm -hmm. And so, the thing is too, because you know, heterosexual people can do homosexual acts. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what does that? yeah you know, and so that's why I don't see it as being this natural thing because the only thing I feel is natural is like producing kids mm-hmm. and, and gay people can do that so it's the set of behaviors and you know the set of behaviors we are trained to say okay, man on top woman on bottom so it's it's sort of and that plays out wherever you are in the sexual spectrum exactly so that's why I don't think that sexuality quote unquote is natural because they Regard a set of behaviors as opposed to orientation, which is your identification and in your mm-hmm. and I think for me um you know I choose you know at this point not to be with anyone <laughs> but um you know for me it would be nice to you know I think marry a critical everything's in quotations i use things lightly but to have like my idea would be a a a wonderful young black male to you know adopt children with that would be I don't know how that's just, i'm just saying you know it it's it's it's, it's that, interesting. that is that is you know not homophobic and and you know it's not extremely difficult but it really is in the context of the black community
0: yeah and 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 yeah, that was the next thing that was hoping. It's
1: it's really difficult and there are heterosexual men that I know that extremely sensitive human beings that are are truly open to listen to people that are truly, you know. And that, that's a very rare thing because
0: Those exist black or
2: white?
1: Yes. Oh. <laughs> Do and I know some of them.
2: Hell, surprise!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you know that's the person that I would want to be involved with. I you know and and most of my male friends are in relationships. That's why I choose you not to to be with someone now until I find that person who's not in that relationship because I I am a person that does uh, choose to be in a monogamous relationship. So I don't want to. Your regardless of sexuality, I think there's a, a, a down low for it, for everybody. Cause you do cheat, quote mm. unquote, you know? Yes. And so there is a down low for everyone. Cause you don't tell your partner I'm right. with this other person. Mm. And, um, and so for me to, and also being in Portland, that's another issue being that, uh, the black community is 6.6%. The last time I checked, it's very hard to find someone in the community who is sure of themselves as a black person, who's, you know, sure of themselves sexually, who's sure of themselves in terms of their feelings and putting those things in check. So I'm not going to be with someone who's not sure of those things. And so it's very hard living in Portland. And so I don't know, you know, enough of the, the full community to say, you know, everyone's sure of themselves or not. But just in my experience of living here for four years... It's it's very difficult, and so the people I have connected with in the community are all married, or they're all in relationships, or there's something like that, and uh, so that does lead to, uh, you know, this sensitivity. And and the the black people I know are not homophobic, but you know, I you know I don't, once again I don't know everyone. You've been here longer than I have, and um, in terms of my family. Uh, I've had gay uncles, I still do, and it's just this thing. Like, you're saying people don't say anything. And, you know, I had an uncle who was gay, and he is no longer on earth, and he was probably my favorite uncle. Um, You know, he hung out with uh, my sister and myself. Uh, You know, he was wonderful. And, you know, people speculated, people said... All sorts of things, but they didn't say anything. And then I have a another uncle who's who's very out and very you know flamey. And they're like, "Oh, here he comes," you know. But they still don't say anything. That's what they say: "Here he comes again." And uh, how do you think
0: how, how do you think a majority of your family uh, feels about him? Do you do do you think they accept him, and do you think he feels accepted? I mean, obviously, that second question is a little harder. I don't impossibly. know if he
1: is. necessarily feels accepted, but I mm-hmm. think. You know, I think he feels accepted as a family member, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of this thing where, you know, I'm sure in terms of his sexuality, he feels not accepted because it's just like, oh, here he comes. You know, that's here he is, you know. It's like, <laughs> so it it is definitely this isolation. I have not talked with him about because I hardly see him. I see him like once every 10 years or something. So I don't talk with him. I mean, my family's in New York. Um.
0: So you would you would you would you is it safe to say he probably feel he probably feels isolated?
1: I would say that. I mean, there's definitely folks in my family who are very homophobic, mm-hmm. and I, I I think that there's also folks in my family who are are just like whatever. You yeah, know, my mother's like, oh, you know, <laughs> my mother is not homophobic. I think she is quite supportive of of people. Um, definitely, uh, my aunt is supportive. Uh, My aunt has a gay son, uh, so she is supportive. Her husband is not so supportive, but my aunt's just like, man, he has to be who he is. You can't suppress that. And so, you know, I do have family members that are very supportive and not homophobic. but then I have other family members who, you know, are in the middle, kind of don't want to talk about it. And then I have family members who are quite homophobic. So I don't really know where that would fit in in terms of my whole family
0: let's 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 get back to the uh proposition eight discussion that uh, we basically started this out with i what got a lot of media attention basically was the large number of people that voted for barack obama and against or for for barack obama and also for proposition eight in california and a lot of people seemed surprised by that. Aswad, do you
2: count yourself as one of those people? Not even a little bit.
0: <laughs> why, why is that?
2: If it, it, I was kind of amused by their surprise because it showed me your lack of knowledge of the black community. Mm-hmm. It showed me your lack of knowledge of this issue that you put before them that you kind of— I don't know if you got this, but kind of assumed Mm -hmm. because of what black people have been through in this country that, oh, yeah, they know what it's like to be discriminated against. So and they're just going, of course, stamp my marriage certificate with a green light. What they did not take into account was what Jamila and I have stated is the rampant homophobia in the black community. They're very pro-child, which I don't have a big problem with. (laughs) But... When you're in that family dynamic and uh, because you were very good in sharing yours, my grandparents had 12 children after World War II. Mm -hmm. Those 12 children, of which my, my mother is the oldest, so I'm the oldest grandchild. Every grandchild, every child of those 12 has now procreated between one and three times. I am the only grandchild to not procreate at all. Every grandchild, to my knowledge has now procreated between one and five and six times. Wow. Okay. Now, that's that's quantity, but I can tell you from personal experience there's not a lot of quality there. (laughs) There's a lot of welfare. There's a lot of child abuse. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of attacking of the spouse. um, What's the phrase? The baby daddy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know... Um, and not, and I mean physical, not verbal. Mm-hmm. Physical. Um, a number of them have been to jail. None of them are over 30, to my mm-hmm. knowledge. Every time one of them comes home, she comes home with another baby. Mm-hmm. But they're accepted because they're straight and they procreate. And... And,
0: and 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 we're going to go ahead and, and I do definitely want to get to the extremely racist racist reactions mm-hmm. by many in the gay community because uh, that will be kind of how I want to close this is the racism in the gay community. But first, why? What do you think drives the, it? What, what role? What role does religion play in the homophobia that exists in the black community? I, I think we all agree that. The homophobia in the black community is probably greater than it is in the community at large. And what do you think uh, religion is the primary influence? Well,
1: there? I, that's essentially the abortion and gay issues. Is what got eleven present to vote for George Bush in two thousand four?
2: That is correct. So yeah, yeah,
1: I would say religion's the the huge case. And once again, I think this issue is a civil rights issue. Mm-hmm. And I proudly voted for Cynthia McKinney. She definitely uh was an anti prop eight person. Um I, you know, there are other issues. I did not vote for Barack Obama, which I won't go into, uh, you know, concerning war and all that stuff. Yeah. Um but, you know, and there are folks like Wanda Sykes who I guess I didn't know, but she says, I'm gay. Like what the nobody knew that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but um she, you know, I guess she wasn't really vocal on the anti-prop eight thing. But once that got voted for, she just went crazy and was just like, what is this issue? I'm gay. Like, what? This is my issue, too. And mm-hmm. so I think it's it's very important to see, you know, maybe on Wanda Sykes part or other people's part, black people who were supporting the anti-prop eight measure, uh, you know, the silence on that part maybe to not have retaliation. I don't know. Uh you know, but I, I wanna go back to um when Harvey Milk was in, in the mayor's office and the was that Prop eight too? What I forget the number. I, I feel like it was also called Prop Eight. And Ronald Reagan, he was governor, voted against it. But there was a measure that um would have basically sacked openly gay teachers in in California. Um. And that was voted against. And, you know, there was a huge, huge movement to go against that. And I don't know if they contacted various communities on that either, but it won. And so, obviously, when you take action and you go into different communities and communicate your statement and you say, okay, this is what this is, People will, will listen to you. And yep. I, I think that's the issue with Prop 8, that that did not
2: happen. And I think that's the central point on which you and I disagree. Okay. I honestly do. Because having lived in West Hollywood with those guys, mm-hmm. I remember after the, the Los Angeles riots, the, Los, the, the Rodney King Red riots, King, right? we, we finally were able to reconvene our men's group, which okay. was primarily made up of black and white men. It was called Black and White Men Together. Hmm. The white guys wanted to go up into South Central and offer help with rebuilding cleaning up what have you and you could see all the black guys kind of go are y'all crazy (laughs) right we gave each other that little side look and it just waved around the room from black guy to black guy to black guy and the white guys were like what what's the matter and we were like they will beat your ass Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they will beat your ass and i'm sorry i have a picture in my head of two pro-anti-Prop 8 guys going up into South Central Los Angeles with their clipboard and knocking on, you know, good good church black people's doors and saying, we, we're we from West Hollywood and we're white gay men who want to get married and we'd like you to vote for Prop 8. The first reaction will be outright laughter. Mm-hmm. The second reaction will be a bit of cursing, depending upon how good of a church person <laughs> that person is. Yeah. And the third reaction will be, get the hell off my stoop, my stu- you faggot ass motherfucker.
1: So how would uh, you know, if if that's gonna happen, how could the the predominantly white anti Prop Eight folks how would they even communicate? I mean, it wouldn't even.
2: I haven't the slightest idea, because those communities generally do not communicate. That's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Like I said, being a black gay man in the middle, I have seen the white gay guys. They go to their clubs, they go to their shopping, they're having sex, they're having a good time, they go to work, they come home like everybody else. Mm-hmm. They're not hanging out with black folks. Black folks go to work, black folks go to the store, black folks go to their clubs, which are predominantly, of course, straight. They go to church on Sunday. And unless it's the guy at the office or their hairdresser or mm-hmm. a, really a co-worker, how many white gay men on a day-to-day basis can black people say who are really churchified and really in that black community say they hang out with mm-hmm. and know personally know that man's partner know the name of his dog for for goodness' sakes. Mm-hmm. So they live in to- they live at totally polar opposites on our, in our life's continuum. And this just highlighted that it just right. highlighted that. And as far as black people, <laughs> it's a hot button with me. As far <laughs> as black people and religion. I have yet to understand, and I've tried to nail my mother on this, how you can, how you as a black curse person can, A, take up the religion that put black people in slavery in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's A. Then B, turn around whoever knows how many hundreds of years later and use it with such righteous justification to vote for somebody else's marriage who you don't even know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Who you don't even know. And in, and I think that was the shock of the white gays, who you, we know what you folks have been through, We've seen the documentaries, um, <laughs> you know, and now you're going to vote against my personal freedom, which is us. And it is a civil issue. But again, that brings the religion back into it because quote unquote, for the billion freaking time, marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. Blah, 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 blah. Fine. Where other than a few notable exceptions, Every one of those gay marriages were performed on the court city court steps mm-hmm. or in the county clerk's office. So what's your issue?
0: When when we first had this discussion on this subject, uh, you felt very strongly that the um, the Prop Eight people—I don't want to say the gay community because there was a lot more than just the gay community that was uh, opposing Prop Eight. So mm-hmm. the Prop Eight movement could have done more to reach out to the black community, and you know, and and I asked you, well, you know, how? And, and your your response basically was utilize a lot of people of color that were already in that campaign yes. and use them to reach out to people in the black community. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would have still got the same kind of reception that a SWAD fears that any white person going into, into uh, the black community would have?
1: Well, after talking with them, I don't know so much anymore. <laughs> um Being that you've, you've lived in California. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been there once, so I don't know. in uh, so, I would think it would be easier, but no, I I don't know so much necessarily.
2: No, you know.
0: it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, you, you don't think that people in the in the black community would have been more receptive to another African American on their doorstep? Trying here's to, the thing:
2: once that person comes out, once that person of color comes out as gay, he's no longer black. Mm-hmm. He is now. Gay, mm-hmm. which in black and the black community and in the Latin community as well, is perceived as white. Mm-hmm. To spell it, to, to, to paint you a picture, if you're a black straight church person, mm-hmm. which is predominantly who we're talking about here. That's why I keep saying it that way. If you're a predominantly black church person, you go to work, you go to your like a government worker, and you have, you know, they're the white coworkers, blah, blah, blah. And there might be one or two white gay guys there couple of more black women, one or two black men, Latino, everybody's at work. Mm-hmm. But you come home, you're back in the black community. You turn on TV and you see Will and Grace, which has what? One black character, one black gay character in mm-hmm. its entire eight-year run. You turn on Queer as Folk, which had one black gay character towards the end of its five-year run. Um, and those are, and that, that's what's presented in the general culture. As what represents "quote unquote" gay, and it's always white men. It's always white men. Mm-hmm. I have been told this so many times by black people. It's always two white men making a hundred percent of a white man's dollar with no dependents and no sp- and no legally recognized spouses. So that's the picture that's beamed into the black home by the white gay media. Mm-hmm. So when a person, when a, especially a man. Of color, black, Latino, and including Asian, I've also come to find out, states that they are a homosexual. They are at that point instantly branded as, like she said, "You have sex once with a with a man, you're branded as gay." You say you're gay as a man of color, and you're branded as white. Okay, so it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered even if
0: they were straight supporters going in to the black community and trying to defeat Prop Eight. They would have automatically been labeled as gay, no matter
2: what they're. They they, if they said, "I'm straight and I want my brother to have the right to be married or what have you," mm-hmm. they would have said, "Oh, I'm so sorry," or "That's that's uh, that's uh, I'm so you know something along those lines." They would have. They wouldn't get a. They wouldn't get a visceral, borderline violent reaction of a white gay two white gay men or a white gay man and a gay man of color or two gay men of color. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll just say this. I know when I was twelve years old, I um you know, wasn't thinking about boys, I wasn't thinking about anybody. <laughs> and you know, my sister and we're twins and she liked boys from the age of five. I didn't like anybody and I was called gay. Because like, oh, you're at the age you're supposed to be developing and all that and you don't like anybody, what's wrong with you? You're at gay. Five? No, no, no at twelve. No, 12 I'm 12, saying 12. I'm just saying my sister liked boys from the age of five. Mm-hmm. I didn't like anybody. And, you know, so at the age of 12, when you're supposed to be developing and liking people, I didn't like anybody. I was called a gay. And so, you know, I'm at the point now where, you know, I explained the whole thing about, you know, sexuality. I, the only thing I choose to label myself as is a black woman because that's what you see. But, you know, in terms of my preference, that's, you know. At this point in my life, that's what I prefer. Is what I said, and and so it's the whole issue that you know you come to the black community as a straight supporter, and you can't even you know understand what someone's going through in terms of this, and you know people feel like they have to hide and unfortunately not use condoms. It's just it's not. It's like you're you're hindering some sort of thing, and then. You know, it's not safe, first of all. It's not emotionally safe. It's not physically safe. But then you have the whole thing where, as a gay person, you're not safe because you can get physical retaliation from even saying, hey, you know, I want to be who I am. And so it's, it's something, you know, it's just so difficult for black people to talk about this. It's It's really unfortunate. And, you know, education starts in the home. But then you also have, you know, television, as you're saying, you know, where you see the gay community, it's all white males. It's not even women. It's not anything. It's just it's just white males. And then you have, you know, the homo thug. <laughs> Let's get into that. So you have the homophobia and hip hop yet, you know, all these quote unquote homosexual acts happen. And then uh, so then you have. The homoeroticism of sports. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, all this stuff. And all uh, so many of these things involve uh, uh, black men. Yet, I'm not gay. What? I'm not a homo. No, no homo. Just all this stuff on the No homo. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, what is that? It's, you know, just be who you are. If you're heterosexual, if that's who you identify as, there's no need to go no homo. There's no need to that. that. It's You need to, it's important for us to, You know, if we're talking about identity politics, if we're going to be black people, you know, that's what I identify as. But we need to come together regardless of what sexuality we identify as, because this is, you know, with all the stuff going on with the racism in the gay community. I know you you want to talk about that and just all the stuff we need to come together as black people, regardless of experience and say, okay, you are my my gay brother, you are my gay sister. You know, we need to come together and have this understanding. And, you know, and, and that's just what it is. It's just all this stuff that no homo and, and you know, you're less than because you're a gay woman. And you're, now you're a woman because you're a gay man. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's out of hand. And it, it just, you know, it makes me very sad that we as black people have to experience this. That, you know, because you choose not to sleep with someone, you're gay. Because... You choose to sleep with someone of the same sex, you're irrelevant. It's just, it's, it doesn't, it makes me very upset. I'm getting upset here. <laughs> but it, it, it's just, it doesn't, it's just, we need to come together as, as a community and say, okay, we need to understand each other. And, and there's a point that, you know, all of this it just needs to stop.
2: That's very well put. You leave out history. Yes, you leave out history. Well,
1: Bayard Rustin, and all. <laughs> I mean, there's no, a not side. even Bayard.
2: Not oh. even Bayard. That's thank you for that. Not even yeah. Bayard, and 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 um, James Baldwin, Josephine, mm-hmm. um, Langston, Hughes, Langston Hughes, and up to RuPaul, for that mm-hmm. matter. Black people have told me for, and I, I think there's a large disparity in our ages. So <laughs> black people have been telling me for the last twenty years that. My favorite quotes are, slavery lowered your morals, so that's why you're gay. Oh! There were... Another one, there were no slave. There were no gays on the slave ship. Um, I actually saw a PBS special on the history of the gay rights movement, and when black men were marching, there were black men actually on the... They had a black gay march, I think in New York, and the black men were... Straight men were on the side saying, you're not black. You're not part of black history. And indeed... I actually stopped celebrating black history about 10 years ago because of the exclusion of Bayard Rushton, Langston Mm -hmm. Hughes, Mm -hmm. James Baldwin, Mm -hmm. and Josephine, who's who's reported to have been bisexual. Mm I still have no no proof on that. So like you said, if we're going to have Black History Month, let's have everybody in Black History Month. But they continue they, every year. Year is Dr. King, Rose Parks, Dr. King, Rose Parks, <laughs> Span, Malcolm X, man, and now probably Barack Obama for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic. But there's also gay people of color who did had contribute contrib, contributed to Black history. I don't remember I don't remember his name, but uh, Martin Luther King's like right hand Rustin. That was Bayard Rustin. Okay, okay. That and then there's Audrey Rusted. Lord and Audrey there's, Lord. I mean, yeah. there's
1: just so many people. Then they totally yeah.
2: disrespected Bayard yeah. Rustin. Completely yeah. disrespected yeah. Bayard Rustin. They Rusted. shut him down. Completely. Yeah.
1: I mean, he he was one of the uh folks who uh, created the march on Washington, like put it to to action.
2: He was and, the administrator uh, yeah. or secretary, whatever term you want to use. Mm-hmm. And I saw a documentary on him. They caught him in what we now want to call a George Michael moment. Yes. Oh, that's And he special. was put in jail for that. And he was put in jail for that. Mm-hmm. And when they found out about it, Dr. King had a meeting with the upper echelons of the civil rights movement because it was before the march had actually happened. And they said, you have to disappear. And he did. And the only people who, you know, celebrate him still, as far as I'm concerned, are like white liberals. And gay people of color because now he's tainted. Now he's dirty. We can't bring him up. So when I started going to work and, I, and, and white people were very nice and having these black history uh, poster things and talking about them in the morning meeting, I'm like, meh. Yeah. You know, it, it,
0: talking about this whole homophobia discussion, I think one, one common thread that fuels homophobia no matter what community you're in is uh sexism. I I I've I've always felt like for me as a, a transgender woman whose sexual orientation is yes, uh, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> 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 Who I'm attra- you know, I'm just attracted to people in general. Mm-hmm. Um if men and women were seen as equal completely across the board, I don't think it would matter What kind of mannerisms men or women had, or who they were attracted to, it would all become irrelevant. So,
2: which you can extract from this from the from the couch mm -hmm. of race, where a white man is more than a black man is more than a Latino man is more than an Asian man, Mm -hmm. and what what fuels this, and I'm sure you, Jamila, will agree, what fuels this 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 rock hard homophobia in the black community is the image of the black man Mm -hmm. is that the black man has been feminized the black man has been made into a white woman and that a black man who is having sex with another man is no longer a black man he is no longer representative of a black man I have been told so many times that I am no longer uh, the proper image of a black man that I have been and my mother on numerous occasions has told me to my face called me to my face either white or a woman really what
0: is, what is the proper image of a black man It's supposed to be.
2: Supposed to be or what is? Yeah, both. (laughs) Depends on what TV station you're watching. Right. Because I've also heard that Barack Obama is not the proper image of a black man. He's
1: not black
0: enough. Well, yeah, that was the criticism that was coming from the black community early on in the primaries, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it's ridiculous. It's... I don't
0: hear that. I haven't heard that
2: since. Well, because he won. Yeah, you gee, got go <laughs> figure. <laughs> 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 I repeat, Kel <Cal> surprise. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, the the issue of the Uncle Tom. And, you know, I mean, what is that? Is, 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 you know, okay, taken from Harriet Beecher Stowe, fine. But, you know, the, the, the issue that, you know, you lose a sense of self. And then there's this whole issue of, like, you know, what is black enough? Because, you know, you speak a certain way. You want to be white. If you read a book, you want to be white. If you do this, you want to be white. If you're I mean, listening to NPR and cable. You want to be, be white. white. Is, what is that? You know, And so it's this perception, which is, to me, essentially due to, to white supremacist thought, is that. You know, you you keep in this mind state. You, you you have to be a thug. You have to, you know, whatever that. You is.
2: have to listen to hip hop. You
1: have to listen to hip hop. You have to listen have to a certain kind, kind of, of hip hop. Your pants
2: have to be hanging off. Right. Your you ass. have
1: to you have to dress a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And if you don't, you want to be white. And you know, I was told that when I was young, and I, I read so much. And oh, you want to be white? And you know, when I was younger, I listened to the punk rock was in bands. Oh, you want to be white? Is this all this stuff? And so there's a set of certain behaviors. So that's what is supposed to be black. Um, what is actually black? That's not. That's such an open question.
2: It's, it's fluid. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. It, and and that should be really with any kind of political label or identity. Yeah. Black I could, is a feeling. Black
1: yeah. is you know, mm-hmm. it's who you are. It's it's everything from Bayard Rustin. Mm-hmm. To, you know, 50 cent, whether or not you mm-hmm. agree with it, it's mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And and,
0: so. and just for, for the sake of maybe just understanding the mind, you know, so our listeners understand the mindset. When I say black, I'm not necessarily saying African-American because black is a culture is the way I look at it. I mean, would you... Would, a Swad's giving me. I'm not sure. I agree <laughs> with that. Look. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're wrong. I'm not sure I'm right. I'm just mm-hmm. not sure.
1: Man, a culture consists like every other culture consists of food, clothing. Yeah. You know, art, music. You know, so it is a culture in that way. But, but that culture represents you know some things to some people and well, and I and I others. just I can
0: hear some of our white listeners going, "It's not black. It's African American." I say black, you know, it's semantics. I say black. Yeah, I say black. Uh, Now, as far as just like, I guess the final, uh, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to use this uh, question as somewhat of a transition. How do we, uh, how do we address the issue of how do we, how do we move on? Because it seems like my perception as a white person, and you know, looking at homophobia in the white community, it seems like one of the ways that that has been addressed in the white community is discussion talking and the more white people get to know or I should say the more people get to the more straight people get to know gay people and bring them into their lives and and communicate and bond you know that helps address mm-hmm. the issue of homophobia would you say that that's probably
1: yeah actually um
0: the way to address it across the board
1: the first no. the- no i i am not a big fan of process and discussion i've the first time i heard of that was when i moved to portland i'm like what about action but the first um gay person i've ever known in my life i was really young like i don't even know really young and and she was a woman and she had a relationship with another woman and she was my mother's best friend she happened to actually die of aids i don't know how But, you know, I she was just part of the family, you know, and it was just like I didn't you know, it's like, yeah, I played with her daughter, you know, I mean, that that's the thing. It's just like people are people. And, you know, that's just that that's how I see it. And this is, you know, and so this whole homophobia issue uh, teaming with the racism issue in the white community is just if you want people to see your cause, It's like you have to see beyond your own cause.
2: Yes, and that's the thing. When it's different for homophobia is a different animal in the black community. Homophobia is seen as a positive in the black community Mm -hmm. because it's seen as keeping the family together, keeping the men straight to quote fight the white man. Mm -hmm. White people labor under no such issues. They just don't. They don't have to. They don't have to go out there, they they go out their door as Bill and Todd. They don't have to go out their door representing their race, representing the black male gender, representing it as uber butch, uber masculine, and not to be questioned. When I'm in a room around other black people, they, and it, and it, and it yes, I actually researched Portland and the figure, the young lady stated is correct, 6.6% black population because it's actually easier for me to be black and gay around white people. I cannot be myself, however we're terming that today, around black straight people.
0: And I I appreciate you sharing these things with me. I I think... The, the one danger that I, 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 I the message that I don't want to send out here is that all black people are homophobic or you know maybe most we've been we've been going we, you know we've been talking about that this is what fuels but this kind of a discussion this knowledge fuels my own personal racism because now t- getting into the subject of racism mm-hmm. I believe that, uh, when everybody is honest with them with themselves that they deal with racism that they have racist thoughts and attitudes, is every person inherently racist in the classical sense? Probably not you know because I think when a like when a lot of white people i think when they think of the term racist, they think you know i 'm not racist because i don't hate those people of color or people those people you know
2: no i have Vers- a- per- I have a perfect statement about that. A woman, and it was a woman. Uh. She stopped me on Market Street in San Francisco. Oh, Aswad, we love you. We love your African clothes. We love your name. We just mm-hmm. love the way you are. Mm-hmm. We want to invite you over for dinner. We're having mm-hmm. fried chicken and watermelon in your honor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's not racist. What are you talking about? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then if you tell her that's racist, she 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 will just. What do you mean? But, but I
0: don't. But I don't hate you. You know, so so I think it's right. good to, to establish you know what when we're talking about racism, what well, exactly that is. Well, that's it's the, a lot the, more than just hating somebody.
1: Well, that's the thing too about um, you know, uh, gay culture in general, because you were talking earlier about the the Judy Garland versus the Patti Labelle, and so that is a whole other debate too. Because me, I'm like Patti Labelle, just like she's like in a tweet. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, more soulful than somewhere. I don't know. That's just my preference. However, you know, it's just this weird thing. Celine Dion versus Beyonce or something like that. It's just it's like people get into fights over that and it turns into racism. It's like just something that simple of gay culture. And then you have, you know, white gay culture. Yo, know, dancing to this music, but they can't appreciate the people who create the music.
2: Thank you very and much. And that's
1: where that comes from, mm-hmm. and that's where all the stuff where, where he was just saying about, you know, I love your clothes and and your culture and this and that. We're gonna have fried chicken and watermelon. That's what they see as black people, mm-hmm. and that's the culture they see as opposed to looking at the variety of us. Everyone from Lorraine Hansberry to, you know, Beyonce, you know, is, is, is looking at all of us. And, it, it, you know, it's like, I think a perfect example would be to look at the films of Marlon Riggs because, <laughs> you know, he talks about those
2: issues. Black is, black ain't.
1: Yeah, and and he talks about his, you know, relationships with white men and the homophobia that existed in the black community plus the racism that exists in the white He's a perfect... Person, unfortunately, he's not alive anymore. Yes, but he's the perfect person to be in this dialogue, to to talk about that because he's experienced all of that.
2: I experienced all of that, and you've experienced oh, that. Oh yeah. So, well, and I'll
0: tell you, this is when I bring up this subject, the homophobia of the black community around. A lot of my white friends are like, oh. oh no no and but <laughs> and 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 they they're especially and I don't admit this to very many of my white friends but I've had no problems admitting this to a lot of my African American friends and that is my own personal racism when I'm around black people I don't know I assume they're homophobic
1: mm-hmm.
0: and 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 I just want to reiterate as do I hmm. touche you know, see,
1: I I, I, I don't little, because that hasn't been my experience. But
0: so. I, I believe, and you know, and and maybe that, and maybe in the context of what we've discussed today, that's justified. But I don't think it is. I think that's mm-hmm. racism. That's my own personal racism that I struggle with. Is I I it makes me uncomfortable when I assume that I'm a, when I'm around a black person that I don't know that I automatically get, you know i get uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. and and i before i transitioned and, and and just to give listeners a backdrop uh i tran- when i first transitioned i'm a trans transgender woman from male to female i was living in north portland and so a, a majority of my experiences overtly homophobic experiences in public uh have been dealing with african americans and you know so so really my introduction to homophobia in the black community was you know on a personal level and so, and I've struggled before that it was like oh a black person i my, my racism prior to this was more based on ignorance like i would say the racism of most white of most white people mm. is based on ignorance now it's not yeah i mean yeah i'm still plenty ignorant about black culture and you know I still got. Pl- I st- I'm sure I have plenty of uh, white, ignorant, racist, you know, uh, thoughts and feelings. But a big part of my racism has to do with my knowledge of homophobia in the black community, uh, which I doesn't help. Which I think doesn't help the racism that exists in the gay community. So how can the gay community? Uh, deal with this. I mean, we're looking, getting back to this Prop Eight mm. thing here. There was a rally uh, d- at the um, uh, what was the, the? There was a rally in Southern California, which at one of the Mormon temples, which we haven't even talked about. The Mormons' role. I don't even know. I'm sure we need to in this discussion because we know that they played a role, big role. Yes. But there was a lot of. You know there were people of color. There, uh, there were black people that showed up at this rally after Prop 8 got uh, passed. And you know there was there's even a story in here on the uh, what's the name of this blog Roto Online. Hmm. Uh, I'll put a link on whatever website you're hearing this from or show um, about a, a black gay couple holding up you know supportive you know you know anti Prop 8 signs that were harassed, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know? So, I mean, the gay community, there's a lot of people in the gay community that are just full out, they're angry. I think, you know, one of you mentioned Dan Savage, Mm. uh, you you know, before we started recording. How can I personally help, you know, how can I address this within not only, you know, how can I address this within my community?
2: Here's the thing. I have to because this really bites me.-huh. Um, it's been my experience. White gay men are American white men mm-hmm. who just happen to sleep together. Right. So what makes them different from AIG execs taking a 100 million dollar you know bonus for doing absolutely nothing? As opposed, and, and what makes you, they went to, these white gay dudes went to Harvard, these white gay dudes went to Yale, these white gay dudes went to MIT. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know? So, what makes them, what makes us think that be, just because they sleep together, that they're gonna be any more different as far as race goes on the subject of racism than what a white straight American male? Yeah. Now, I have been told, because again, quotes, I've been told by white gay men, What was it, that record store? I walked into a record store on the Castro. And I asked, do you have any Tina Marie albums? I was trying to complete my collection. Tina Marie. Marie. Yes. I said, do you have any Tina Marie albums? The answer that came back was, we don't do Layaway. Yeah. That Uh wasn't the question. Now, what possible reason could you just say, just straight out, we don't do Layaway?
1: could have said, Tina Marie's too black, even though she's white. He
2: didn't even know who she was. She's too black. He just said, <laughs> "She don't, we don't do layaway. Yeah, wow. I, he was automatically
0: assuming, based on your appearance, that you couldn't afford it.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, not we don't carry it, not let me check, not let me look it up, just straight out, we don't do layaway. Mm. I got into a debate at the, uh, at the Castro Safeway when I lived in San Francisco with a white man who was gay because he was trying to school um, a black straight woman and i felt kind of protective of her so he and i got into it out at the out of the the tra- trolley stop and i told him why are you trying to act so superior to me we're both gay and again quote so hold on to your hats the black white men black men and native american men were bone-wearing savages before they were civilized by the white man lovely and he had rainbow beads <laughs> around his neck so the, there's a there's a site out there, I don't know if it's been taken down yet, it's called Is Badlands Bad? Mm-hmm. Badlands is a gay bar in San Francisco uh, where uh, I think a number of black people uh, congregated so it could have a black bar in San Francisco, in the Castro. The reason that site was put up, and there was a human rights um, commission, commissioned, instances of um, black guy comes in and the bouncer says, I have to look in your wallet to make sure you have money to buy drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, the manager coming up of that club, coming up to black men and telling them no one wants to cruise your type. Uh, my favorite was the dancer from the Alvin Ailey dance cl- troupe who came in in his dancer's wear and told he didn't meet the dress code that he was dressed like a homeless person and was asked to leave. Hmm. So you, there is this there is this view of what a white, just like what a black straight man is, there is a view of what a gay man is. And it is white, it is to the 90th percentile, well-groomed, middle-class-ish, um, well, well-toned physically and good-looking, and certainly well-groomed, and that if you were even to go into the Castro, into the porn stores, not that I'm, I have ever done this, um, there's this Back shelf section of hot Latino boys mm-hmm. and prison movies, black prison movies and dark meat. How charming is that? In my own experience, the lack of respect for my body in a sexual context, I could no longer tolerate it. I could no longer tolerate it. I don't. I'm. Not, I don't find it. I don't find it human. To ask me at our first meeting, not my name, but how big is it? Mm. I have a name. I'm going to be making you screaming it later if we go to bed. Mm -hmm. So asking me how big it is, is not going to get us into that bed as far as I'm concerned. But uh, there's been so many times where that has been the first question in the interaction. So... There's no there's there's the stereotypes the mendigo stereotypes abound in the gay mm-hmm. community. I've also been told that you don't date the black guys quote because they're too angry. You have sex with them, but you don't date them. Mm-hmm. Or you date Asians because they're less angry and they're good at computers and they have less AIDS. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that was Berkeley.
0: You yeah, know, it's it's always interesting because I've I've always felt like for our society to even deal with like homophobia, transphobia, and all that, that we've got to get over the issue of race first. Do you two agree with that?
2: It would certainly be a yes. help. It would certainly be a good stepping stone without question.
0: So, you know, and, and, and see, and that's the thing. I, I kind of feel like, you know, for the black community to maybe not, to help the black community look at homosexuality as a white thing, I I, kind of feel like the especially the gay white community or the queer white community, you know, because so I can include myself because I don't consider myself gay, but I'm definitely queer. the The queer white community needs to um, take a deep inner look at its own racism and its own bigotry and prejudices, because for me, this is what's frustrating for me is getting discriminated against by somebody that knows all too well what that feels like. Well, what, the, you the, know? The, the
2: dirty little secret, and you can agree with me or not, the dirty little secret is, is when a black straight person votes for Prop 8, they are actually able to strike at a white person and indeed a gay person without really getting in trouble for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: They certainly can't do it at work. Mm-hmm. They can't do it out in public. They can't do it at the mall. They can't do it mm-hmm. on the train. But they can certainly go to that sequestered ballot box mm-hmm. and say, I'm kicking your faggot ass in the nuts with mm-hmm. my vote. Yeah. And get away with it against a white person. We always have to have somebody else to put down. And in this context, and they, they were given a context, Prop 8 gave black people a context mm-hmm. to put a, 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 a physical, tangible context to put gay people down. Mm-hmm. And 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 as
0: an extension, white people.
2: And by extension, white people. Yeah. Yes. I would
1: I would I would concur with that.
0: And so, uh, there you have it. I think that uh, and the proper reaction from queer white people is not to get upset at that. I think it's to take an inner look, take a look at ourselves. You know, if I can come on the radio and acknowledge that I'm racist. For publicly, for these reasons, then I think you. When I when when I say you, I'm talking about the listener, the listener who, sh, you know, fit into these pair of shoes that I'm uh, creating right now, to look inside yourself and say, okay, where is my race? You know, what are my racist thoughts, attitudes, and feelings? And if I confront this openly, can I contribute? To this discussion in a way that it it creates bridges and, and brings us all together, because yeah, the onus the onus is I think there's an onus on both communities.
2: There is an onus on both communities. You know, to, and there's to, a tool to, out there. There's a tool out there, and I'm glad you reminded me of it. it there's a documentary out there called Flag Wars, and
1: mm-hmm. it's basically
2: it's about mm-hmm. gentrification. Mm-hmm. What basically happens is that it's filmed in I forget what state though. It's filmed yeah, in, a, for, in a predominantly black older black community, black working class, white gays start coming in and buying up the distressed mm-hmm. properties and turning them over and fixing them up and making them lovely, there's a dramatic clash between the, uh, the established black straight community and all these new white gay yuppies. And there's a, there a guy there, he's a, the guy with the sign, the African mm-hmm. gent, mm-hmm. he said something very cogent that I would like white, especially white gay listeners, to put to put into effect. And I said it myself because I think that's where I got it from. When you take two white men, gay or not, making 100% of a white man's dollar, and that is how I have to say it because we all know that a white woman makes less, a black woman makes less, and a black man makes less. It is a 100% of a white man's dollar. You put two of them in one household, that is an absorbent amount of disposable income. Mm -hmm. That is very threatening to a hardworking black couple who've been in that community or been in that state for however long, and then you kind of blow in. With all your disposable income and start changing things, it's very threatening. And when you don't take that their, their perception into account, then don't be surprised by the reaction you get. Mm-hmm. Because you, are, you may be gay, but you are still white, you are still male, and you are still making 100% of a white man's dollar. And those people of color, gay or not, are not.
0: Wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on a show here at KBOO 90.7 FM here in Portland or on the internet, whether it be trannyrec.com or wherever, we want to thank you for listening to this discussion. If you have any comments on what you've heard for either me or my guests, send me an email T-R-A-N-N-Y-W-R-E-C-K at gmail.com. And I will forward that on to my guest, uh, Jamila, thank you. Thank you. And Aswad, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I enjoyed it.
2: my help you.
0: Joe is a member of the Freak Network. Go to www.freaknetwork.com to get your freak out. This program is a member of the TransFM Internet Broadcast Network. Transfm.org.